Hello, Peter Goodwin here with more news from the American Society of Haematology annual meeting in New Orleans. And it seems your patient with AML should probably not wait for a complete remission before having a curative allogeneic transplant. Matthias Stelius from Münster University in Germany has been giving me the details. Matthias, you've been looking at acute myeloid leukaemia, and in particular, you've actually been able to question standard therapy. Could you explain to me what it was that you and your team decided to investigate here in this very interesting paper that you presented at ASH? Mm -hmm. So our background was that we had some some, uh, results from more or less phase two trials, which uh, clearly showed that it's possible to uh, transplant, uh, successfully transplant patients with an active disease. So in uh, the international setting, uh, the uh, most of the centers or the majority of the centers usually do not uh, perform other transplant for patients with relapse or refractory a- uh, AML with active disease. So they're aiming to achieve a sequential remission before transplant. And we had some uh, good experience uh, in the past where we were able to uh, yeah, successfully treat patients with an allergenic stem cell transplantation, even in the setting of active disease. So the norm has been to go for a complete remission before going to transplant. Is that it? That that was the past. So the, the most of the centers uh, uh, would like to have the patient in a complete remission. And actually at ASH, there was a talk uh, where the colleagues asked, why do patients uh, that get, get not so to transplant? And the uh, yeah, most common case was the patient was not in a remission. So in the U.S., patients being not in a remission were not referred to transplant centers. That is quite different in Germany, and that was what we tested in our study, that we asked the question, what is the outcome of patients uh, going to allergenic transplant without um, um, uh, salvage therapy before? Right. So can you tell me then what you did in the study to, because this is a carefully constructed study with 281 patients, you divided them into two groups. What did you do in this study? Yeah, in our study, we had the standard uh, treatment group. So these patients received the uh, international accepted standard uh, in cases of uh, all patients in a state of refractory or relapsed acute myeloid leukemia. And in the standard arm, patients received uh, uh, salvage therapy with high-dose RRC and methoxanthone, the so-called HAM regimen, and then received an allergenic transplant in subsequent remission or in uh, those cases where no remission could be achieved with active disease. In the experimental arm, we did not perform any salvage treatment. We just tried to to get uh, the patient as soon as possible to transplant. So that is the the title of our study. ASAP is as soon as possible. Uh, And we were able to to get most of the patients without additional therapy just by watch and wait strategy uh, uh, within three to four weeks to to other transplant. And uh, the main results of our study uh, was that both arms did had uh, exact the same outcomes for the patient. Right. Now, you had a policy called watchful waiting and sequential conditioning. Could you explain how much that differed from the intensive induction in the other arm? So, um, in the uh, uh, disease control arm, so the experimental uh, arm, uh, uh, three-quarters of the patients 
only received uh, watchful waiter was not received were only um, carefully uh, looked after without any additional therapy so 25% uh, of the patient received some kind of uh, therapy but not a therapy aiming to achieve a completion was uh, to therapy for disease control for example single shot shot of mitoxantone or low dose rrc that was uh, these, these were the option in the uh, disease control arm in the remission induction arm, uh, there was only uh, high dose RC and metoxatone allowed for salvage therapy. But anyway, that is the um, a very common salvage treatment used internationally. That's quite a dramatic difference then in the two arms. Yeah, sure, sure. How much difference did that make in time to transplant? Uh, median time to transplant in the disease control arm was four weeks, and uh, median time uh, to transplant in the remission induction arm was eight weeks. So four weeks difference. Yeah. And you have to keep in mind that uh, in the uh, remission induction arm, these uh, four weeks uh, meant usually for the patient that the patient had to stay in hospital for four weeks. So much low, uh, shorter time for the patient to be in hospital. Right. Could you run me through some of the numbers? Because very, very surprisingly, uh, the outcomes were the same. Uh, that's in overall survival and uh, disease-free survival, is it? Yes, that's right. So could you run me through roughly what the numbers were in terms of overall survival and disease-free survival? Yeah, so with the median follow-up after randomization of now 37 months, we have an uh, overall survival and a disease-free survival, um, more or less around 50% for both uh, groups, so no difference. The difference then is that you've been able to spare patients uh, this uh, lengthy time and quite a grueling time in hospital. That's right. But anyway, I have to point out that this is the uh, overall population. If we look uh, further in the subgroups, obviously those patients achieving a complete remission after salvage therapy did not uh, had not no need for a very intensive conditioning uh, therapy prior allotransplant and probably due to uh, this uh, less toxicity. However, when you have to decide going to salvage therapy or direct uh, treatment, you have no idea which patient will uh, have an advantage of a salvage therapy. And at that, that time point, uh, the outcome for the whole patient group is uh, nowadays with our data probably the same. Right. So what does that mean practically to the doctor, the cancer doctor? The most important thing for, for all uh, physicians who treat uh, patients with acute mild leukemia is that when you're aiming to uh, perform a, as soon as possible trial later in the disease uh, of the patient, you have to have a donor. So in Germany, we start the donor search with a primary diagnosis and not uh, at the time of relapse or refractory disease. So when we have the patient with induction failure, we just uh, we are just have the situation that we can uh, ask the donor to to um, yeah, donate uh, stem cell grafts, uh, and that's that's the most important thing. Uh, and I think from a practical point of view, we have not the data from our uh, study, but when you have a disease with, which is not highly aggressive, we have no high blast counts, no um, uh, short uh, doubling time of blast, you can go for watchful waiting. Uh, in the other setting, uh, probably it's better to, to have some kind of disease control. High-dose chemotherapy is probably not the best standard nowadays. They are, 
probably other combinations, for example, azacitidine or decitabine with venetoclax. This is probably an uh, alternative treatment. However, I do not uh, believe that these novel salvage regimen will allow higher remission rates. So surprisingly, even with, with, in our study, we had a remission rate with uh, high-dose RRC of 50%. That's a quite, little bit higher as, uh, as what we expected previously. Of course, the actual results from allogeneic transplantation are really quite excellent, considering what a difficult clinical situation it is. What does this tell us about allotransplant? I think that... that uh, it's the same for, for other diseases like myelodysplastic syndrome. If you have a high-risk disease uh, where it's, uh, the, the um, survival rates of conventional therapy are much below 50%, allotransplant is a treatment of choice. And you can adapt the toxicity, your uh, treatment logistic and so on, uh, even to, to uh, patients of older age. And this is, at least to my experience, and that what is, uh, that what uh, the study tells us, it is possible to, to, to perform an allotransplant in that setting, and you will um, achieve cure for at least half of the, the patients, even with very, very high-risk disease or active disease, yeah. So what are the messages coming out of this for cancer doctors everywhere? The main message is contact your transplant center as soon as possible <laughs> and stay in contact with the transplant center. So uh, usually uh, for AML patients, uh, uh, the, the uh, long-term cure rate without allotransplant, at least for patients with intermediate or high-risk diseases, below 50%. So usually these patients have a standard indication even in CR1. Uh, and beyond that, the other main message is if you have a patient with an active disease where uh, after standard induction therapy, you can consider a salvage therapy, probably with novel targeted therapy options, but these are not curative. And you have not do you you do not have to wait for a subsequent remission. Try to avoid long pretreatment because you have clonal selection, and in that case, allotransplant will not gain any um, better outcome uh, for the patient. So be in contact as soon as possible with your transplant centre. Uh, to some extent, you can vary your approach, though. I think you mentioned different patients may have a slight variation. What are the possible variations of your approach? So, for example, if you have uh, patients with uh, FLIT3 ITD uh, mutation, um, you, nowadays we can use gilteritinib for uh, salvage treatment, and this is an improved uh, treatment. The remission rate uh, with, with gilteritinib is quite fair. It's not optimal, but anyway, this is low toxic uh, salvage therapy, and you not, uh, do not have to go directly into transplant for, for this patient population. But anyway, uh, for the future, I think if uh, someone would like to test a new novel salvage uh, therapy, this study, this not new studies or uh, upcoming studies, have to test the novel drugs, the novel, novel regimen against the direct allotransplant approach and show that the combination, that new combination in com uh, combination with allotransplant is better, better than direct allotransplant. Do you think this is a paradigm changing then? I do think so, yeah. Especially for our international colleagues who think that uh, AML has to be in remission prior transplant. So um, this is a 
really big game changer for us in Germany. It was a standard uh, years before, so we have quite good experience with uh, in that situation. But in the international setting, as already mentioned, um, patients with active disease usually went, did not went to transplant. So that is a game changer. And then uh, if you have a minor aggressive or not so aggressive uh, disease, so I, I cannot uh, say exactly what does uh, that mean, but uh, anyway, it, it's worthwhile to think about an other transplant uh, when you can perform this transplant within a around four weeks time. How much of an improvement is this going to make in the reduction of the burden of treatment on patients generally, do you think? So the most important thing is that you have to, uh, that you are able to cure patients with active disease, obviously. And, and uh, for the patients, uh, if you say the, the classical salvage regimens uh, like uh, HEM or FLAC-EDA or whatever uh, uh, centers use for, for intensive chemotherapy, uh, and um, obviously our uh, study shows that it's not necessary for most of the patients, it means that there's a clear reduction of yeah, disease burden uh, for the patients or treatment burden, I would say. As a rider to this, there are differences of opinion between uh, uh, the United States and Europe, aren't there? What, what what are those and what are your views on them now? So, first of all, I think the understanding what is standard in Germany or in Europe and the US is uh, probably a little bit um, yeah, historical, I would say. So, uh, the, the, uh, in the... Um, um, session, the US uh, colleague uh, said that in uh, Europe or uh, in Germany, we still use uh, TAT as induction therapy and TAM as uh, second induction therapy. That is history. So actually, we have just finished one trial. This was also presented as ASH from the SL study group, the so-called down or double trial, where we showed that uh, double induction therapy is no standard anymore. So usually, uh, induction therapy, even in Germany and even in, in those centers uh, uh, which performed in the past, TATEM or whatever, 7 plus 3 is the standard uh, for yeah, fit patients. For older patients, obviously, uh, uh, you can go for venetoclax plus, plus azacidinine uh, as induction therapy, but these are pa uh, usually patients not uh, suitable for intensive chemotherapy. And then obviously we have the combination, uh, the options of combination with uh, gemtuzumab, with FLIT3 inhibitors and so on. But the basic message is you don't have to wait for a complete remission before going to transplant. No. This, uh, as a problem is nowadays, and we have the biological background, or that if you treat a patient with several uh, lines of therapy, you have a kind of clonal selection. And at the end of the day, you have a very aggressive uh, uh, disease, which also probably is not uh, good even for transplant. Avoid clonal selection. That would be the next <laughs> phrase. Mm -hmm. Matthias Tellius, head of the Allogeneic Stem Cell Programme at the University of Münster in Germany. For the Audio Journal of Oncology, I'm Peter Goodwin.